Hello and welcome to this podcast from Coracle Online in association with the Maritime Executive magazine. This podcast is sponsored by ShipServe, the leading online ship supplies marketplace with over 35,000 users worldwide. For buyers of commercial ship supplies, ShipServe saves you money by making it faster and cheaper to place orders. And for suppliers, ShipServe is a low-cost marketing channel for your business that also includes a boost to your Google rankings. To find out more, visit www.shipserve.com or click the link from the show notes. This podcast looks at the US Coast Guard's notification of the termination of the Loran Sea signal, which also signals the end of an era for a certain generation of mariners. Couched appropriately inside a safety alert, the news might evoke certain memories for older mariners and serve as a word of caution for newer professionals. It wasn't too long ago, well, okay, almost 30 years, that maritime executives Joe Keefe found himself at the foot of the gangway of his ship assignment in Port Canaveral, armed with a fresh third mate's licence and plenty of enthusiasm. Joe dragged his sea bag up and reported to the old man on the USNS Hoyt S. Vandenberg. He looked at Joe suspiciously and then, after telling him that his primary mission on board the vessel would be to give all traffic a wide berth, sent him on his way. The ensuing six months would prove to be interesting, to say the least. The Vandy, as she was affectionately known, was a range instrumental vessel. In layman's terms, that meant that they tracked, using three giant radar dishes and a superstructure that literally bristled with then-high-tech gear, missile shots and other various things that might fall from the sky. They were also equipped with something that they didn't teach about at the academy, a thing called Ship's Inertial Navigation System, or SINS for short. The unit was extremely accurate, perhaps the most precise device of its kind at that time, and very few surface ships had it on board. It was at that time primarily a navigation tool for nuclear submarines. It is probably needless to add that rookie third mates were not allowed to touch the unit, An RCA technician maintained and tuned it when necessary, and on the rare occasions that it went down, it was a big deal. The RCA guy would invariably laugh at everyone else as they fired up the Loran unit and dragged out the beat-up old Navy sextants. During critical operations, SINS was absolutely required at all times. Joe was expected to get a SINS fix every 30 minutes under normal circumstances while steaming underway, And when the vessel was holding station, or running lines, they literally got fixes every 30 seconds. Using large-scale, small-area plotting sheets, where a nautical mile might be as big as two square inches, they had a very small window of allowed error on the course lines. This, as it was pointed out by the broadly smiling captain, was really important when the object came hurtling out of the sky about a quarter of a mile from our position. Positions were never discussed in terms of degrees and minutes, but rather minutes and seconds of latitude and longitude, especially in the presence of the stewards' department when they served meals on the bridge during 24-7 operations. The moral of all of that was that the junior mates began to rely on the unit exclusively, and it became rather easy to stand a lazy watch in terms of navigational activities. In later years, Joe sailed on a variety of platforms, mostly tankers, equipped with more pedestrian navigation equipment. There was Loran Sea, of course, and at various points along the way, 
other ground-based systems, such as DECA and Omega as well. The two latter E-systems are long gone. I'm sure that in their day and in the right location, they were accurate and useful devices. Joe recalls that with one of them, he literally spent hours reading the technical manual and eventually got to a point using confusing correction tables and taking the extreme outer envelope of his skill package where he could get a fix using three LOPs. After about three years of being mainly used as a place to balance a coffee cup, his employers unbolted it from the bridge console and got rid of it. Joe wasn't sorry to see it go, and now notes that Laurency will soon join it in the recycling bin. The US Coast Guard's Matey Medina, resident expert on all things IMO, mariner training and credentialing, always gives a nice lecture on what is transpiring around the world in terms of expected STCW changes and other important marine qualifications. In her field of expertise, there is no one more knowledgeable. The best bit is when she talks about the proposal from Japan to lessen or eliminate the training requirements for celestial navigation in terms of STCW qualifications. Starting off by talking about her parents' admonition, never talk religion in mixed company at the dinner table, she then segues right into how some American mariners consider celestial navigation to be nothing short of religion. And she's right. Medina's presentation usually drifts into another amusing anecdote about not upsetting the very people who control the switch to the global GPS system, and as Laurent C. quickly approaches its planned obsolescence, we find ourselves left with a somewhat more limited menu of navigation choices. It is here where we have to wonder if we are collectively ready for the switch to be turned to the off position. Laurency was the staple of e-navigation for coastwise mariners in the 1980s, although some ships were lucky enough to have the early sat-nav devices. Joe recalls the Raynav 6000 Loran receivers that were commonly found on board many vessels in that time. Easy to use, unlike their complicated predecessors, the units were reliable and provided accurate fixes. You couldn't rely on them totally, however, but most people didn't anyway. In 1982, Joe earned his second mate's ticket and went down to Baker Lyman in Houston and purchased a Timea sextant for around $1,200. That was a lot of money in those days, but it was also the understanding that a second mate who wanted to be considered professional should own and carry his or her personal sextant to each ship assignment. Is that the attitude still prevalent in today's GPS-dominated world? It was less than convenient, but Joe never failed to take that sextant with him when he reported on board. He practised sunlines and occasionally took stars, mostly to ease the boredom, but also because the e-navigation systems on the 1944-built tanker often didn't work properly. Thinking it might be a good idea to keep sharp for those infrequent events, he would tape a small area plotting sheet to the chart table right beside the chart in use and compare fixes to those achieved using Loran. Eventually, Joe discontinued the practice after being accused of messing around on watch by one of the masters that he sailed for. I'm not sure where the STCW proposal to ease the requirements for celestial navigation training is going at this point, but you count Joe among those who think that it is a bad idea. Medina would probably say, tongue-in-cheek, that he's got religion, but that's not it at all. The demise of Laurency leaves just one primary option for e-navigation left, 
And because GPS and the other acronyms for similar systems was first developed for military applications, the accuracy of these signals will never be guaranteed. There are rumours that at certain times in the past, deliberate distortions have been introduced to facilitate the needs of those who control the signals. But beyond that, it just isn't a good idea to put all your eggs into one basket. The termination of the Lorancy signal, done in accordance with the Obama administration's pledge to eliminate unnecessary federal programs and systems, probably won't be a big deal for most mariners, although I understand that it is still widely used by fishermen and sailboats. The cost of a GPS receiver is relatively cheap, and they are readily available to just about anyone who wants one. For an old guy like Joe, this truly is the end of an era. That said, were he still at sea or contemplating a career out there, he promises that he wouldn't be abandoning his celestial navigation skills anytime soon. And finally, when Joe first saw the Coast Guard's announcement, he went surfing on the internet to see if he could find a picture of one of those Raynav 6000 units and is happy to report that you can still get one on eBay for about $500. Thank you for listening.